Hey, it's Matt Franco. And this is Eric Dittleman, and this is Mind Over Magic. Episode 20 in 2020. What's happening, my man? Eric Dittleman on the other end. What's up? So many 20s. Uh, I'm just hoping that this uh, saves this time. Uh, I'm very excited to have an episode that I don't have to freak out over losing. And you've got big news. You got I've big got news. big news. Before I jump into it, though, I just have to say, last week when we recorded, I mean, <laughs> it was the most upset I may have seen you in the past 10 years. <laughs> yeah, I was... I was so upset because I saved over the recording. I like literally lost the whole recording that we spent, you know, an hour recording and talking. And I was like, well, we have two options. We could either redo it or, you know, we have a bank episode that will probably be airing next week anyway. But, uh, but yeah, I was just like, the whole thing's gone. And I was just very sad. I get very upset. I don't want to disappoint. Very sad. You're downplaying this. There was a moment where you got up from the chair and just did laps around whatever room you're in. I'm in my living room, but I had to I had to process what happened and like clear my head and figure out how to go about it. And uh, to clarify, you were able to save and salvage the episode. Yeah, you heard the episode last week uh, just because I found out uh, this is a a, 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 a unsponsored plug but uh we're recording on adobe audition and uh i'm sure many other programs do this too but i found where they store the backups of the recordings and i was able to find that after like clearing my head for a moment but the it's so funny when the emotion gets to you you can't really think clearly so that's why i had to get up and you know take a lap (laughs) but uh enough of that we're recording now and i'm gonna make sure we don't uh you know we have many redundancies now so that doesn't happen again (laughs) Uh, but uh, but the more exciting thing is you have big news finally. You said I you do. were going to announce it on the podcast, and then an hour before we go to record, you announce it with press releases elsewhere. So Matt, tell us the big news. I promised it would happen in the same day, right? Now look, look, I do a newsletter, and if yes. you're not subscribed to the newsletter, you just go to mattfranco.com and you can subscribe. And I just will say... The newsletter hasn't gone out yet. That's for tomorrow when uh, tickets actually go on sale. But the that's Friday because we're re- recording this on Thursday. Yeah, and technically this will come out tomorrow too, Friday. Yeah, as well. So yeah, late this. Thursday, early Friday yeah. is yeah. the is our general release time. But the the big news we've been teasing it for quite some time. Magic reinvented, uh, 2.0 essentially, kind of the the new version of the show socially distanced and safe for all to enjoy at limited capacity is returning to the link in las vegas on december 17th tickets go on sale uh november 20th so clapping in the studio one man it's been a long road to get to this point but we're excited we're doing everything we can that's in our control to 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 make this happen and obviously we're doing it with full flexibility knowing that things can change and are changing at every 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 given moment so Absolutely. here we are so but that's that must be a relief to know you have a return date because i mean every time i talk to you matt you're like oh it's been so many days since my last show <laughs> my live show in vegas i miss it do you have the count like how many days to today and how many days until you know december 17th how how long is that gap all I know is it's just over nine months by the time wow. we get to opening. You could have had a baby. 
<laughs> Absolutely. The, the I new, did not, but could have. The new show is your baby. <laughs> <laughs> it will be. It will be my baby. I, look, I'm, I'm just excited that I'm able to talk yeah. about it now. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, and once you set the date mm-hmm. and announce it, it becomes real for everybody involved. Absolutely. And... Because it's up in the air. It's up in the air before then. And even your team, your crew is like, we think it's going to happen. But to know, like, yes, definitively, we have a job again. That must be really good. So now, uh, uh, barring natural disasters and so on, which seems appropriate to say at this particular (laughs) time. Anything can happen 2020. Yeah, like, I'm being relied upon to do a show (laughs) on December, starting on December 17th. So. You know, the, the curtain will open, in theory, on that night, uh, come hell or high water. Again, there are things, of course, outside of our control that could, could obviously affect that. But yeah. we're, we're doing our best to, to make it happen. So we're ready to roll and uh, firing on all cylinders as of this particular moment. Mm. Stay tuned, as always. Yeah. Can you, can you tell us more about, like, the kind of, kind of the restrictions of what's going on in Vegas in terms of your showroom specifically, the capacity... Uh, distancing rules, and then how you're adapting the show to meet those. 25 feet. Yeah. Not six feet. 25 feet from the audience. So you're going to be on stage, and there's just going to be a big gap from the edge of the stage to the first row of seats, whatever that is. Yeah, and you Mm -hmm. know as a performer, that's a dream come true to have a nice gap. between the front row it's why so many people in their riders like when you do a lot of those banquet shows they're like do not put a dance floor right in front of the stage (laughs) because you are so far but i mean that's the most common setup is dance floor stage dance floor yeah i'm thankful for how common that dance floor has been over the years because i know how to deal with it yeah um now having said that you should actually put down a dance floor in the theater so after the show when you leave stage you could hit some tunes and people could jam out. <laughs> there you go. As of this moment, I'm able to break that 25 foot plane for short periods of time mm-hmm. uh, w- with a mask on. Yeah. If I'm within 25 feet, we're all masking up, I'm masking up at that point. This feels like uh, a video game, like you, you, you know, certain games where you're allowed to go out of bounds and the like clock starts ticking as soon as you do that. And then you got to be exactly back right. in time. <laughs> or even that's like exactly Sonic right. the Hedgehog when you're underwater for a certain amount of time and you're going to come back I hated that music. <laughs> so now you're going to think of that every time you leave the stage and you're like, I got to get back. <laughs> Maybe that'll be a bit. That's a good bit. <laughs> Right? Yeah. Can yeah, we yeah. afford to get the actual sonic music in there? Oh, I don't know. Maybe, Let's see. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we can make something similar. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So you'll be masked when you go off stage. And um, I mean, the the interesting thing with magic and a lot of uh, yours is your magic show is very interactive. You have a lot of people on stage, too. But I mean, for like, I imagine for big illusion shows, uh, you, you can just sit and kind of watch the magician and do the illusion. Um, so are you thinking about gearing more towards that kind of style of magic? Are you going to change things up uh, a little bit in terms of how you do interactive pieces or mostly visual stuff that you can kind of display out so people don't have to interact? What what are, you, what are your plans there? All the above. So uh, mm-hmm. definitely aiming to increase the visual impact of uh, visual impact of the show in terms of production. Number mm-hmm. one, mm-hmm. Uh, I'll, I'll leave that a little bit vague as of now, but yeah. some really cool ideas uh, I'm working on right now in terms of just the visual 
aesthetic of the show that I'm really excited to kind of see where they go from now over the next month because we're working on it currently. Right. Um, there are a handful of new things that are not yet audience tested, but are standalone pieces. In other words, they are performed and the audience watches it from sitting in the audience and I stay on stage to perform them. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. There still is audience participation. We just have to be extremely meticulous in how it's managed, right? Right, right. Uh, In terms of access to sanitizer, being six feet away, uh, only breaking that plane when it's absolutely essential for a short instant, so to say, and and being able to sanitize in and out of those moments. Uh, If someone has to pass something to another person, we're still working through exactly, it's it's submitting a plan in terms of what those things Mm -hmm. are, right? Do you you have to have something on a tray where it gets picked up? Are you able to pass things person to person? Those are all things that we can't decide. Those are things that are dictated by our local guidelines. Now, I know when these shows were coming back, uh, you you had to work with the Vegas government city level or or state level. I'm not sure, but tell me about that. But you have to submit a guideline for approval, and they kind of have to approve your plan on how to open. What was that process like? Let's get into the red bureaucratic tape. <laughs> well, that process is is ongoing, so yeah. we're in constant contact with with uh, those those powers that be. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. as as we go through this process. And the truth is, even once we're opening, those things will continue to be modified as yeah. things change in terms of public health and so on. So uh, luckily, there are people that are that, that specialize in this sort of thing <laughs> so that I can focus on what I do and I can That's just nice. say, okay, what rules do I need to follow? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and the... Uh, and let me do the uh, show part. Let me come up with the creative part. And you handle that, the logistics. I'll follow your rules. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I hate to say it like, you know, the smarter people are handling that. But <laughs> I mean, that might be true. I don't know. I don't know. You're, you're getting better at riddles. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and, and this is our 20th episode, yeah. which is, uh, I guess, where, how many months is that? Does that mean we've been doing this five months? Uh, yeah. Yeah, about. So it takes about five months to become a pretty adequate riddle expert <laughs> i would think it would take longer yeah 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 so uh but that's uh, uh and and just think you know five months of socially distanced shows you'll nail it you know you'll have it down all the new guidelines i mean that's the hardest part about this is because you know before you went to vegas you had been doing your live show for you know a long time and you have the flight time and the ten thousand hours the malcolm gladwell hours um, and so it, well, all it was was adjusting to a larger stage when you first came to, to Vegas. So I'm curious uh, with the new show, because obviously a lot of that stuff will carry over, but to adapt it, how much is new? How much do you think is going to be uh, uh, unique to you that you got to get those flight time hours in? And how long do you think that's going to take before you really feel like this is a show again? Like, uh, I, I, feel I think it's going to be more than I realize. Like, it's easy to sit. It's it's one thing to sit down and go over the show in your mind and take some notes on where the moments of interaction need to be altered. Mm-hmm. It's a whole other story, I think, 
once you actually get up there and yeah. start running through Q to Q and then realize, oh, I can't, I can't hand this over here anymore. I can't put this in my pocket at this time. I can't borrow it this way. I think you're going to find all these little tiny details mm-hmm. that all need to be yeah. adjusted. So yeah. we'll see. We'll see if it's uh, like riding a bike or not. I'm nervous. <laughs> I'm going to be yeah. so – I would be nervous yeah. without without these – uh, precautions just think to about come it back. just yeah from... not having performed in so mm-hmm. long i mm-hmm. think i mean i'm gonna probably have so much energy on that first show back <laughs> nervous energy yeah but i think you'll you'll feel like like back to you know yourself a bit more when because that's what we do we, we go on stage and we perform and and uh and it kind of comes alive and you know uh, one one thing that i realized helped because I've done a few socially distanced shows. We've talked about it here. I did one this last weekend. Uh, but uh, calling out the awkwardness kind of helps. It, it depends on your character, of course, and how much you want to do that. But I think, you know, getting people on the same page, people realize that this isn't normal time. So I think people are going to be a little bit more forgiving as you find those steps before it becomes smooth, polished, new version of the show. And you can kind of play with that element a lot. I really like the Sonic the Hedgehog music bit. If I make the audience, you have to make the audience aware, yeah. whether you poke fun at it or however mm-hmm. you do it, you have mm-hmm. to make them aware because not everyone knows the local guidelines here, right? Right. So you kind of want to make it clear as to, okay, here's why you're. Uh, I'm standing 25 feet away. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And those things, but it'd be it would be funny to make reference to having sort of an unofficial clock that starts ticking when you break that 25 yeah. foot plane or just have like that a, music come in like a like a shot clock or uh, or yeah. off of our queen's gambit discussion like a chess clock where you hit the thing and then as you get back on stage you got to stop the clock <laughs> yeah um having performed some uh socially distanced shows where the audience is masked did you find it um difficult to like read people's expressions yes and no um I mean, you can tell when people are laughing, you know, uh, if they're laughing. That's like that's the key part. <laughs> and and again, I think I I mentioned this on the podcast and definitely to you before, even if off the podcast of um, of you know making those comments where it's like you might need to check around, want to want to have that instinct to check around to see if other people are laughing or reacting. And I have the line where I say. It's okay if you're the only one. Like, I'd prefer that if a room is silent and you're the only one laughing and think it's funny or reacting. Uh, just assume that's the norm. And if everyone does that, you're all are going to, you know, react at the same time, really. Um, so so you, you look to the – you're still listening. You're still listening for those like a normal show. But, um, you know, you're kind of gauging people more based off their eyes in the audience as well, just seeing that. Yeah. I know the eyes tell a lot, but mm-hmm. – I'm, I feel like I'm always even subconsciously looking at smiles, not consciously, but you yeah. just notice it. Like I, the best example I could think of is Giada, the, the chef, when she came to the show, she has like the biggest smile sure. of, of all time. And like, even when the, it felt like even when the theater was dark and the spotlights in your eyes, I could still see that. Should, <laughs> I, know? Know, should I know who this person is? <laughs> Giada, the celebrity chef. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Okay, well, we'll throw it in there. Giada is a celebrity chef who is probably on Food Network and other things and has restaurants probably all over the world. Well, I just started those HelloFresh boxes at the start of the pandemic, so I'm practically (laughs) a chef. So I I should know my fellow uh, chefs who are just as famous. Your fellow chefs. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh, you started Hello, Sh- Hello Fresh a few months ago. Now he's a chef. Yeah, and I'm a cowboy. Yeah. Call back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you saw a horse once. You rode a horse once. <laughs> Uh, uh, well, uh, I wouldn't expect you to know chefs, no, I guess. Yeah, it's yeah. not like your palate is that diverse. No, it's getting better. It's getting better. Of course. <laughs> My fellow chefs, he says. Uh, so, but that's exciting. That's super exciting. I'm happy for you to get back, and I'm happy for your crew to get back, because I know that's like a family you have there, and you know, seeing each other every day for how long have you been doing this show now? Five years? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Six five years. years. <laughs> yeah, something like that. And then to just go from not seeing them and everyone kind of up in the air, figuring out how to survive the pandemic and then getting back to it. That should be exciting. Very exciting. And I have to say, this, this, uh, uh, my anticipation, I mean, I think from a production standpoint, I think there will be new magic. Mm-hmm. I think there will be new m- music, other production elements. I mentioned from a visual uh, standpoint in terms of scenery, so to say, and uh, and and lighting. Like I think the show should feel much brighter, and I I really want to embrace positivity because yeah. uh, and and I loved I loved the way the show looked previously and kind of in an empty space of uh, there are a lot of a lot of star drops and things like that. Mm-hmm. But I in this in this reopening, especially given the times, uh, I, I I really want to portray some. Uh, a, a little bit of brightness. I think that's what people need. Yeah. Or I, I, I do anyway. So would you say Magic Reinvented Nightly is getting reinvented? Ah, <laughs> yes, I would. <laughs> Why would I see that? Should have been in the press release. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Uh, you should uh, give me a call before you send out these releases. I'll put I'll put as many puns in as you want. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I know I mentioned it to you before we uh, started recording today, but you specifically got a shout out in the official Las Vegas press release. This podcast got a shout out, Mind Over Magic, one of Matt's projects, because Mm -hmm. people were like, you don't have a show. What the hell have you been doing? And you're like, I started a podcast. (laughs) So, yeah. Yeah. I, I, when I got asked that question, I had, I only, I, at first it was like, have you done anything except work on like your craft during yeah. this time off? And like, initially I was like, not really. And then I realized I had two answers. One, one is this and two is meditation daily. Yeah. Those are my, yeah. those are the two main things I guess I've uh, picked up, I guess, and stuck with over this pandemic. I'm glad this podcast for you is on par with your meditation. I'm just glad it balances you. You calm down. <laughs> It's great. Yeah, that's why I, that's why I was so even keeled when you uh, <laughs> thought you deleted last the whole episode last week. Yeah, I'm not doing meditation, and I'm like, <laughs> oh no, the episode. Um, but yeah, speaking of live shows, I uh, I got back from a live show this weekend. Um, I was up in uh, Erie, Pennsylvania, at a college, and uh, it's only been my third or fourth in person shows. And I know there's a lot of people who are, you know not taking in-person shows for safety reasons and it's probably you know the right thing to do and i agree but uh given the certain situations we've talked about this on past episodes too if it's safe and everyone's doing their part you know sometimes i mean this was one of the the gigs i had lined up in the fall that just like never canceled so uh and i felt safe on campus uh entering in the student uh center there's little video thermometer checkpoints Mm -hmm. where everyone has to get their temperature check 
I was on stage masked. Uh, I brought volunteers up. We kept up social distance in masks. Um, the, the tables, there were tables. So people would sit with their small little pods that they've bubbled with, whether it's roommates or like groups or teams or whatever they're doing on campus. And uh, apparently uh, the state had just opened up um, uh, audience sizes. So before they, this, the school has been doing multiple um, shows throughout the semester, usually comedians just bringing people in, but they were only allowed to have like 25 people like a quarter, like whatever percentage of the room, but they just opened it up. So we had a pretty decent crowd of like maybe, maybe 40, 50 people ish. I don't know. I'm bad at estimating. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Call back. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, it was the first time I really felt like I had a handle on this uh, socially distanced show. Cause it wasn't really my favorite thing to do compared to my live show. But now, after having a few under my belt and knowing what to expect and how to do it safely, like, like I'm saying, it's you know all about calling out that awkwardness that's you know part of the process. And if you call out the elephant in the room, everyone's on board, and they they, they we all automatically have a common base reality if we want to talk improv terms, uh, where we can you know just have fun and point out point out how strange the world is right now. And uh, yeah, I had a blast. It was really really fun. Uh, the drive, because I'm still not flying anywhere, the drive six hours was not as fun, <laughs> especially mm-hmm. on the way back when we got torrential downpours and high wind warnings. There was a tornado warning in the New York area on my trip back. So uh, that wasn't fun, but I survived. And, uh, I heard about that tornado warning from here on the West Coast. Mm-hmm. How mm-hmm. many bathroom stops are we doing on the six hour drive? Oh, I'm I am a road warrior. I'll do one. I'll do one stop the whole time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now that makes sense for the six hours. And I'll, I think. and I'll time it for when I need gas and snacks. Tiana's telling me that there is some sort of invention where you can like pee while driving and it, it's made for men and women. Have you heard of this? <laughs> I mean, I've heard of a water bottle. Yeah, me too. But <laughs> apparently there's some sort of like device that's apparently maybe on some level viral, which is, I assume, how yeah. she heard about it. Yeah. And I have no idea what this device would be um, exactly, but like you can apparently use it. Forgive me if we're getting graphic here, but you could apparently <laughs> use it while driving so that you don't have to stop off. These are called diapers, Matt, and some people <laughs> <laughs> need them. Well, it for depends. Those issues. Uh, Forgive me. Pun. Forgive me. You don't need a pun writer. <laughs> um, but uh, the other interesting thing while I was up in Erie is I got a uh, socially distanced tour of a magic theater that opened up right before the pandemic because, you know, timing's everything. Uh, but it's called Keller's Magic Theater, and it might be something I might perform in the future, you know, all depending on where the world is. Uh, but they've been doing socially um, socially distanced comedy shows and magic shows, and the place is gorgeous. It's all decked out and keller posters and everything and i found out why uh for those of you who don't know harry keller was a kind of a contemporary around the houdini maybe predecessor of houdini um turn of the century late 1800s uh but he was he grew up in erie pennsylvania in the theaters like across the street from his like childhood home oh that's cool <laughs> yeah so it's all a tribute to him. He's most famous for the levi- his levitation, I think, right? I grew up with that poster on my wall. Yeah, and just uh, yeah, I know he had uh, links to like the Davenports, and uh, he just toured all around, you know, famous venues, the Egyptian Hall in London, stuff like that. 
And uh, so they dedicated this whole, it used to be a comedy club that they just did a whole rebrand and uh, it, it looks gorgeous. And uh, I, I hope all these smaller theaters, uh, you know, can survive all the hardships of COVID because I think these venues are, you know, necessary. And I'd like, like to see a lot of these places stick around um, because it's just tough. So many things are closing. Uh, just recently, this past week, uh, in more news. Uh, so we, last week we talked about my place where I did my Amazeball show, Creek in the Cave, uh, shut down. Uh, but also, the writing was kind of on the wall here too. But uh, Improv Boston, uh, who had its home in uh, in Cambridge, uh, in Somerville, Cambridge, uh, <laughs> Central Square, um, they shuttered their doors officially too. Uh, so that's very sad. And that's, that's where I got my start. My first formal improv training was through improv Boston. I remember driving from my hometown in central mass into the city parking doing, I think I did four levels, three or four levels there. And, uh, but it was also the first time I really got a chance to do like my mind reading show on a st- real stage and like be taken seriously because there was a there was a variety show that was just starting called Spice that my friends Brian and Christina were running and it was an improv show that would feature variety acts and I was one of the regular variety acts I did my mentalism show there uh, just bits and that and tried out a lot of material and uh, um, you know they really gave me a shot there and then uh, as I started getting more uh, uh, regular and becoming a professional and after the AGT big break for me, you know, I went back and performed at the Boston Comedy Arts Festival run by Improv Boston. And uh, I mean, it's just it was a it was a great community. It's very sad that it's shuttering. But I think with all of those kind of communities, it's more than just a building or an institution. And it's really about the people you meet there. And and something will rise out of that. I'm sure once this is all over, people will find their space and find find a way to make art. And there are stories about this all over the country now. Um, I was just in Hermosa these past couple of weeks, and that's where the Comedy and Magic Club is. Have yeah. you been there? I, I'm sure I you know, know of, it. of it. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. You know, obviously it's inactive now, mm-hmm. and I, I don't know if they've, you know, made any announcements as to whether or not they'll be reopening or, you know. But uh, it looked, it was sad driving by it. Yeah. yeah. You know, just to see it kind of. Yeah. Looking defunct. I just really hope that, you know, depending on how long this goes, you know, that these these places will come back. I mean, even with Amazeballs, I'm just like, I'll wait and see what venues are still around and see if I can pitch the show once once we're through the other side of this. But uh, absolutely. It's tough. Until then, until then, it's back to the Zooms. It's back to Zoom shows. Yeah. Doing a lot of those as well. You're doing some, too. I have a whole handful of Zoom action uh, coming up. Uh, and <laughs> zoom action a- is that <laughs> referred to? I got some zoom action. I mean, I'm talking like like nightly, like it's it's like a, just nightly zoom things yeah. that are going on from like uh, a week or two leading up to like the actual opening night in Vegas. So it's going to oh, be wow. like juggling rehearsals and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, zoom appearances of sorts. Mike, I have a few questions for you if I could. Yeah. Uh, number one, uh, how long is your zoom show? My Zoom show is about 50 minutes. I usually go about an hour, but that's because I'm doing a full show, just me. People are kind of, it's booked for clients to see the whole performance. But I've also 
do 30 minutes or 45 minute options if it's like part of a larger meeting. So it's, if it's like uh, a corporate client that if they w are just having a business meeting and want something to freshen it up, I could do pretty much any time they want me to do. Sure. Um, but no, I'm talking if it's just you. Maximum about an hour, yeah. So, so to me, that, that seems long, right? I mean, to me, but you, you feel like you're, you, you like that. Oh, it's mostly just filler. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no there is because I, I, when, I, when I was creating my show, I, I, I had to figure out a way to do mentalism that fit in this format. And for me, the closest comparable uh, platform because of how interactive and you need to be talking to people to do a mind reading show was, um, was radio. And to do radio, you know, you there's a lot of process of bringing in callers and so forth like that. So how, that's how I run it. Um, most most of the time I can adapt to certain situations, but I just knew that process. And since I'm a one man operation and I'm doing all the tech stuff at the same time, there would be kind of um, not down moments, but like the necessary technical moments that I need to take care of. And as a performer, you cover that by talking and interacting and still doing the show. But I just knew I couldn't do like one piece right into the next piece, right into the next piece, because that's that's a lot. So I think if I cut it down, if I was just doing a show on Zoom, me, where I didn't have to do all that technical stuff. And I know a lot of people are have like stage managers that are do the technical stuff for them. I think it's probably about 40, 45 minutes of material. How long are the ones that you've gone to? Oh, I've been to a bunch. They've varied. Um Shortest and longest for something that like they you were buying a ticket for or whatever. Yeah, the ones that I've attended, I mean, they're about um, an hour. One was like forty five, and it felt short. Oh wow! But some also I were an hour that felt long. <laughs> like, wow! Like felt like maybe like it felt like two hours. <laughs> sure, sure. So I think it's all about the persona and what you could do if you could keep things moving and people keep people interested and interacting. So that it's not, oh, I can sit passively by and just watch this. And then, oh, a notification came up on my computer. Let me check that out. Oh, what I missed the punchline. What what happened in that trick? I was, uh, the cat walked by. I was watching the cat. You know, like there's so many distractions when someone's sitting in front of their, you know, computer that you have to think about that. So you, it's really about being engaging, which I don't think you, you'll have a problem doing at all with your personality. But some performers, I see, you know, they don't have that personality they have amazing magic but maybe the personality doesn't match it and sometimes it's just like okay uh, do, does the do you find it to be as comedic your your particular performances as performing on stage or do you play it a little differently i play it differently it's tough to, i can't just do like some of the stand-up jokes because it feels forced this this i treat more like um more in the realm of close-up i think and it's more casual mm -hmm. Uh, but it's are, all. Are you still doing bits though? Like, you know, like maybe maybe playing with the medium that you're in. Uh, I'll do I'll do bits, but it's more. Uh, I'm relying more on the improv stuff. So it's a lot of yeah. just through the interaction, talking to people, that kind of stuff. Yeah. There's some yeah. pieces that are written comedically. Uh, mm -hmm. Like I'll I'll walk in my show. I walk people through a weird daydream that uses a lot of pop culture references that they might get, and it's just it's just a silly premise. Uh, but. Uh, and it's that's balancing it to the moments of the the actual magic, the reveals too, so that those are still separate, like in a stage show, um, so that they can really feel the impact of that as well. But I think a lot of it just comes from the casualness of when I bring someone up and I'm asking, you know, 
where they're from, what they're doing, what they've been doing, and I just kind of riff off of that kind of. Per- it's it's crowd work essentially. Yeah. Right. So if I'm running short on time, I might just pretend to freeze for like a couple minutes and just try to stay paused. <laughs> yeah, you've been doing that plenty of times here during this call. <laughs> Thought I really lost you. well a screen popped up anyway i'm not going to bore you with the details but i thought you disappeared because uh, i must have gotten an email and it just popped up right over the little box that your face is in right but that's what can happen in a show like someone could be watching your show and you never know what's popping up on their screen you you know yeah exactly you want to you know try and get them to full screen it so that they are you know tell people to turn off their cell phones if they can or silence them so that turn off notifications so that they can uh focus and just have fun and pay attention because nothing's worse than watching you know a, a piece you wrote and then if they lose focus in the middle then there's no magic that could happen because they don't realize the steps along the way that make it impossible. So, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. True that. Yeah. Anything else? You got your whole setups ready to go? and uh, It's a little bit of a mix because sometimes they actually send out a crew. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, other times I think I'm just rolling from the setup that I have here. Yeah. So... Much will be determined over the, you know, between now and then. But, uh, yeah, just kind of curious what you thought was on the length because mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm, you know, wary of uh, going too long. You know, I feel like a a Zoom show is competing with, you know, full production television shows or anything else that could call for someone's attention and time. So Right, and it's um, also, you know, it's something I worry about is Zoom fatigue is, you know, people – have adapted to this lifestyle and they're doing work from home and they're in meetings all day, probably on zoom chatting and it's just so much screen. So, uh, you know, again, calling out the awkwardness, I think is always fun. It's like, you've been staring at a screen all day and now you get to see something. At least this is fun. You know, (laughs) you can Mm -hmm. do little lines like that to keep people engaged and, you know, be cognizant. Like my contracts are usually, like I said, like 40, 50 minutes, but I'll, I'll, do a little longer if need be and you know gauge it a little bit um depending on the situation yeah there's usually like a q and a element to it as well uh for me and not a mentalism q and a like an actual like yeah yeah <laughs> the Q&A, mentalism q and a is like a q and a means something else for you yeah. yes for um, people who don't know in the mentalism world it's a it's a standard or it's a it's maybe one of the most powerful things you can do in a mentalism show where people think of questions and then you answer them as the the the, the psychic or mentalist or whatever and uh yeah whatever people say classic. i'm going to do a q and a <laughs> Or the best is uh, when they teach it, they do a Q&A on Q&A. Q&A on Q&A. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is all different I, than QAnon, by the way. <laughs> I, <laughs> I had to, you know, answer some press questions and we'll have many more of those coming up between now and opening. And it's like, I haven't accepted press inquiries, not to mention, obviously, over these past couple of months when shows aren't operating and things yeah. like that, meaning whether it be television shows, what what have you. So like uh, answering questions, even though we've been doing this podcast, it was like, uh, I felt a little nervous, even just mm-hmm. sort of like answering mm-hmm. questions about X, Y, Z. Just, I felt like I was just kind of like, uh, um, uh, I'm gonna, uh, yeah, we're <laughs> opening, you know? <laughs> but it's just, you'll get back in the swing of things. I'm sure it's just, again, that initial push into back into showbiz world. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I hope it. I hope it comes back. <laughs> but uh, uh, speaking of coming back, I think we should push into Riddle World. How about that segue? Cause Matt, it's time for Diddle Me This. Diddle me this, diddle me that. Will Eric end up stumping Matt Riddles? All right, we're going to put you to the test now, now that you're a self-proclaimed riddle expert five months in. I think you might get this. I'm worried you ha- you've you heard it before, but uh, I'll, I'll go for it. And uh, and maybe we'll give our listeners a little time to, to, to answer. <laughs> if you do know it, give, give them a, a chance to answer in their minds. Uh, but here's your riddle, Matt. You ready? Ready. Okay. I have two coins that add up to 30 cents, but one of them isn't a nickel. What coins do I have? Do you know I'm this just, one? Have you heard this one before? I'm just going to sit back and give the listeners a moment to think on this one. Oh, so you do know it. Have you heard it before, though? Uh, I believe I have heard uh, some version of this previously, okay, yes. Okay, okay. So yes. one more time, if this is new to you. I have two coins that add up to 30 cents, but one of them isn't a nickel. What coins do I have? Uh, I should specify these are, uh, I have U.S. coins. Uh, I don't know, maybe we have international listeners uh, and their their, uh, their money currency. might add up <laughs> differently. Yeah, different currency. Who knows? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But uh, what do you got? What's your answer, Matt? Well, first of all, this is no discredit to you. You have to keep in mind, okay? Eric is trying to put together, the, trying to pull up these riddles for a riddle master. So... <laughs> Yeah, you are easy. a riddle master, and I am a fellow chef. <laughs> <laughs> the Riddler. Um, what is the Riddler? That's from Batman. What, what, why? And he had the question marks all over him. Yeah, he was a villain who would. But leave why riddles. was he the Riddler? Did he do riddles? Yeah, that's how he got his name. He would leave riddles for Batman to solve at the. Crime was he scene. in the Dark Knight? He was not in any of the Christopher Nolan movies. He was. That's the only one I've seen. Is Dark Knight. Yeah. So, but. Prior to that, the, you know, back in the Tim Burton universe, and then I don't, uh, he only did the, what the first, first one, second one. Uh, but uh, later, when it was uh, Batman Forever, I want to say, with Tommy Lee Jones as Two Face, and the Riddler was played by Jim Carrey. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> very cool. Uh, the answer is a quarter and a nickel, adds up to 30 cents. Reason being, that one of them is not a nickel. Guess what? The other one is. What? Yeah. One of them isn't a nickel. One is a quarter. But the other one is a nickel. <laughs> Absolutely. That's a great riddle. It's a good riddle. Yeah. I was worried you had uh, heard it before. And uh, yeah, you nailed it. So you get our nailed it music. <laughs> well done. Uh- Thank you. I'm not going to lie. I think you're going to fare pretty well on my trivia question this week, which which was a little bit last minute and rushed. I think you're going to fare pretty well on it. All right. So let's play this. Matt picks up the question. Then he stares at it. Eric's at the ready. Time to use his wit. Pressure. 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 Trivia. Pressure. Trivia. Time. All right. I think I stuttered on the button there, but that's okay. What is the only mammal that cannot jump? The only mammal that cannot jump? Ooh. Huh. I don't know this off the top of my head, but I love animals. Uh, 
I'm trying it's to a good think. place to start. I'm trying to think. Uh, I know you uh, You usually will give me choices if I ask for them. First thing that comes to mind is a... Uh, like, are birds mammals? <laughs> That's what I'm thinking outside right now. Um, yeah. No. Yeah. No, mammals have... Uh, they, they don't lay eggs. That's what a mammal is by definition. Except for the one mammal that I was leaning towards, which is a platypus. I don't know if they jump. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what a platypus looks like, if I'm being frank with you. Oh, it looks like it's like a furry beaver thing, but it's got a duck bill. Interesting. I yeah. mean, I've definitely heard of it. I yeah. just can't picture one in my head right now. It's in these weird, like there's a weird subclass of mammals that lay eggs. Like they're like the exception of the rules. Okay. Uh, but, um, hmm, an ant. Uh, I want to say like a giraffe, maybe, just because it would be very awkward. I don't think I've ever seen a giraffe jump. Like, can you picture that? <laughs> I, I can't give clues just yet. Oh, because you know the answer. Uh, yes. Elephants, do they jump? I think I might have seen an elephant, maybe in a circus. Uh, all right, I'm going to need the, the choices here. Oh, there definitely are not choices for this one. Oh. And I. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. Like, I feel like this is. I I was thinking this would be the type of one. Like, once you think of it, you'd be pretty confident. Yeah. But um. But there's so I many mean, animals. Like, I could go through every animal and eliminate it. Like, I you, think it would be kind of silly to give choices personally. Because because the, then I would think about which one of those. Like, picture them jumping. Yeah. All right. Let's I don't see. know. Just be tough. But um, this is a lot tougher than I expected it to be, though. I will tell you that. There's so many mammals, Matt. I just kind of <laughs> thought you were going to like, I kind of thought you were going to get it super fast. That's what I was thinking. Oh, no, no. Uh, let's see. We'll start with humans. Humans can jump. Eliminate. Okay. This Do- is a good way to go. Dogs. <laughs> they can jump. Eliminated. Cats. Uh, I'm trying to, th- rabbits definitely <laughs> can jump. Uh, let's see. Are aquatic, an- what about like aquatic mammals? Uh, they, they I feel like you're really jump. overlooking, like, like I feel like you're kind of, if I would just give a little bit of a hint, like, yeah. you're kind of overlooking the obvious, and I feel like your your mind might be fantasizing just a little bit too much as to... That's not a hint, Matt. That's a criticism. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like to come on and criticize any diddleman when I come on the podcast. <laughs> you're not immune to this. What is a good hint here? Give me a hint. I mean, I feel like that's that is a good hint that okay. like the answer I thought would be like fairly obvious when it when it pops into your head and that you might just be fantasizing a bit too much as to what's actually possible. You should kind of maybe go over things in your head from so the I, beginning. So I already said said it. I think. I mean, I mean. <laughs> 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 so all right, that narrows it down to giraffe. I think. <laughs> Or an elephant. <laughs> oh boy, it's one of the two. How would a giraffe jump with that neck, though? <laughs> <laughs> like that's gonna be awkward. I know. <laughs> I know when giraffes are born, like they fall because they're so tall. So that's not mm. pleasant. Uh, I mean, I will say I have. Well, yeah. I mean, I. I I, I, I don't want I don't to say too much. I think an elephant jumped. I'm going to go with an elephant. The correct answer is elephant. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, because I've only seen them kind of like step up in the circus on those little like uh, stools. But I don't think I, I've seen them jump. Because definitely yeah. in a circus, if they had a hoop large enough, they would make those elephants jump. Well, not anymore. Yeah, they're pretty slow and measured in their mm-hmm. steps, mm-hmm. even when they step up on things. Now, having said that, what I wanted to say, but I didn't want to give too much away or lead you in the wrong direction. But like, it's a good point. I've never seen a giraffe jump, and it is all, <laughs> it's got to be awkward. Just like, what does it do with its head? <laughs> like, right? I'm just picturing I mean, it like spinning. The head, the neck is spinning as it jumps, or I don't know. I mean, if a giraffe can jump, how is it that circuses have somehow avoided doing that at some point right. over the years? And why do they need to jump? Their necks so tall they can reach anything up high. That's why we've never seen them jump. <laughs> they don't need to, but they can. Yeah. That's it. Okay. That's it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm pr- trying to picture too, like an elephant. I've seen them definitely like go up on their hind legs and like rear up, like almost standing. Because like they're What's that? they're uh, afraid it, of they're afraid of mice, right? Elephants, elephants? are. So, yeah. Did you know that? Well, I'm I'm not aware of that. Yeah, they're afraid of mice. I think they even did a MythBusters on this, where like they had an elephant walking and then they revealed a, a mouse and then it just like changed directions. But that I, doesn't shock me though. Why? Because like I'm afraid of not afraid of, but I will like avoid. I'll I'll go through great lengths to avoid a fly, if it's flying around me. But this is like a big elephant, and like I'm, I, I, me in comparison to the fly has got to be a similar ratio. But why is it even on your the radar? I mean, the same reason the fly is. Yeah, but I mean, we get annoyed by things easily. Maybe elephants do too. If I'm barefoot and there's a spider creeping up on me and I'm walking, you don't think I go the other way? Yeah, maybe. But what do is you? A, what is a mouse gonna? I mean, I I go the other way if I see a mouse. Yeah, so. but a mouse is, is <laughs> yeah, a mouse could be in, in theory more scary to us because it's closer in size to us mm-hmm. than it is the elephant. But like a spider is small, really small. I'll get rid of that spider though. I'm not afraid. Barefoot. <laughs> There's a lot of. I mean, so you're saying if elephants just wore shoes, they wouldn't be afraid of mice. <laughs> Kind of, kind of. Elephants with shoes would be less likely to care about the mouse running by. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. I think we should teach an elephant to jump. That's our real, our real next goal. Well, elephants are no longer in the circus. No, I know. I know. Yeah. You know? And uh, there was a German circus. Uh, this is all, again, pre-COVID, that found a good way around that. They were using... Um, uh, hologram elephants oh. in the show, which was really cool. That's uh, interesting. Yeah, and I know uh, um, the the there was the short-lived Vegas production, but it toured around. It was part of the the illusionist group of the uh, the circus 1903. The way they got around it, they were using a uh, uh, elephant puppets, right? Uh, so yeah, I saw that live in Vegas. So there are um, there are ways to get elephants. So I guess those puppets can't jump either. Right. Interesting. Well, that was a good question, and I definitely overthought it, but uh, that's how my brain works. I have to think of all the possibilities. (laughs) Hey, you eventually got there, and that's what matters. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I Uh, have another big Vegas thing to tell you about that we should all celebrate. Yes, please do. Uh, We have have to give a big thank you to the Society of American Magicians. Yes. For this. S-A-M. yeah, the SAM, and I know that uh, the community as a whole should kind of offer that thank you, I think. And I know uh, 
Vinny Grasso and Christy Taguchi did a lot of the legwork on this, but they actually got, we, we talked about this uh, a little ways back where we actually had Matt Franco day in Vegas. Mm. This is, this is a little bit of a different thing. This is national magic week proclamation that got declared officially by the city of Las Vegas, uh, oh, wow. signed by the mayor, the whole thing. I'll, I'll read the proclamation here, just uh, parts of it. But it's a proclamation, uh, so you got to do like a voice. You got to do okay. it in like a like a heraldy kind of squire. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm not. I, I, what is heraldy? That's an adjective for how I'm supposed to do this. No, I think I made up that adjective, but. <laughs> Oh, now I don't feel as bad. All right, then. (laughs) To to a wire is like they do like an announcement kind of. Yeah, I'm just picturing when I hear proclamation, I'm like, thou doth protest, you know, that kind of thing. (laughs) Want me to do it in like old English? Yeah. Is it written in that way? (laughs) No, but I can try to reword it. Let's do it. (laughs) No, I'll just I'll read it as is. But uh, from the office of the mayor proclamation. Which this is very different from the last time we brought up the Las Vegas mayor on the podcast. (laughs) Yeah. Because she made some national news not too long ago, if you recall. Uh, In the city of Las Vegas, we ask all citizens to join me in recognizing the positive impact of the art of magic has had. I messed that up. Recognizing the positive impact the art of magic has had on the Las Vegas Valley. We salute the many magicians who have entertained generations of Las Vegas residents and visitors, including but certainly not limited to David Copperfield, Lance Burton, Siegfried and Roy, and Matt Franco. Whoa. There you go. Yeah, so I don't know who wrote that. Thank you, Mayor. Thank you, Christy. Thank you, Vinny. Thank you, Society of American Magicians. Thank you, whoever. Very kind to have given a a little shout out there. I really do appreciate it because, you know, Vegas has more magicians per capita probably than anywhere. Yeah. You (laughs) got name dropped in a proclamation. How cool is that? Name dropped. This is my second, as far as I know, of having (laughs) a name drop in a proclamation. So, But this is actually a week, not just a day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So National Magic Week, and I think they do this because of uh, the anniversary of Houdini's death. Uh, They hereby uh, hereby proclaim October 25th through October, um, yeah, October 25th through 31st as uh, National Magic Week. So uh, great, great work from uh, the Society of American Magicians to to kind of get this accomplishment uh, solidified. That's very, very cool. Yeah, that's great. I know at a national level, there's been um, some work being done to try and get like a national magic day uh, and to recognize magic as an official art, which, you know, has benefits for like art funding and that kind of thing. I'm not up to date with it. I have no idea where they're in on it, but that sounds sounds like a similar thing. Like, I'm glad it's being recognized in Las Vegas, uh, you know, as a official thing. And then next year, hopefully... We can now that it's proclaimed, uh, you know, well, we can put it on the calendar and celebrate. If someone argued, well, that's the other thing too. Actually, I should I should point out it specifies that week, twenty twenty, and I checked out the Matt Franco day too, and it it does state the year. So does that mean it, it's only that one time? <laughs> that I, I don't know the official word on that. Um, I think if they announce a day, I think I. One it feels it's a yeah, it's like a recurring thing. It's just okay, the day I'm, they announced it. We'll go with it. that. We'll, we'll yeah, go with yeah, that. Yeah, I like yeah. that. Although um, it's it could be also like me celebrating the anniversary of my bar mitzvah, which is not like a real, uh, like annual thing. 
There you go. I just remember that date happened to be, you know, like, right. oh, June 6th came around. Okay, that's the anniversary of my bar mitzvah, but it's not like an official <laughs> thing. So maybe it's like that for Matt Franco uh, Day 2. <laughs> and now Magic Week. <laughs> do, do you, you, you talk about magic being an art. Would you argue with someone if they argued it was a craft? Uh, I think craft goes into art. It does. I mean, that's why there was, you know, things called arts and crafts. Arts and crafts. <laughs> <laughs> so you wouldn't be offended if someone called it craft. Well, it depends on what you're talking about. Like the body of work, I think, can be an art. But if you're talking about the nitty gritty of what goes into making the art, that could be a craft. Like I think, I think there are times when magic is not art. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, I think art needs to have a, a point of view or it's a relationship between the artist and the 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 piece of uh and also i think you've got to include the audience as well of uh how they see it mm-hmm. um i don't know if can art exist in a vacuum without people gazing upon it that's a very philosophical philosophical question in terms that, of I, I i think so right i think it but is it art until someone else sees it? I mean, if you just do art for your own art, you see it, obviously, but no one else would know about it. I mean, I don't know. I want to know your <laughs> position, but I would say regardless if people know about it, it's art even before it's seen. I mean, if a tree falls in the woods, it still well, falls. Yeah, that's exactly what that, right? <laughs> that's I mean, the same question. Yeah, yeah Just because yeah. nobody saw it, it still fell in theory. Yeah, I think, heard it. I think if there's intention for it to be art, because I mean, art is so subjective too. I mean, just what recently within the last year or two, uh, a banana being taped with duct tape to a wall was mm-hmm. art, you know? And it's just what people classify as art. If it's art to someone, they'll pay an absorbent amount of money. And then also the guy who then took that banana and ate it off the wall was doing an art piece as a reaction to that as art, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Banksy selling his paint painting or portrait or whatever, uh, art was, uh, being auctioned off and that, uh, you know, a shredder was built into the frame to destroy it. You know, that's art in mm-hmm. a way as well. It's art, uh, uh, destroying art. Um, I don't know. Uh, I think I think if you're just working on the the technical aspects of something, I think that's more the craftsman, craftsmanship element. If you are making, you know, a gimmick or a prop or something like that, there's craft in that. There's also stagecraft of how you present it, the technical aspects of it, and there's skill. I think craftsmanship implies skill. Art implies. Uh, message heart. i think yeah, yeah heart. heart um art implies heart that's right true. that's the rhyme was half of why i said it but i think i would argue that magic might always be craft but not always be art what is uh mm. what say you on that yeah i can agree with that mm. did you want a longer discussion <laughs> not particularly yeah. you you had referred to it as an art and uh i i often do as well i think and I think the problem is there's just such a, I mean, to tie into our ethics conversation last time, there's mm-hmm. such a mentality of people doing other people's thing that that kind of art artistry gets lost because it becomes just cover bands of other people. And, you know, no one's really, I think, I think maybe you got to push the boundaries or like I said, have a point of view. And it's just so much, it, there's a lot of that lacking in the field of magic 
uh, you know, other than obviously the top people that are doing that stuff. But there's a lot of people, a lot of the chaff at the bottom that are, you know, not really uh, adding their own element into it, their own self. And I think what is art if not expression of the self, really? I agree. And whenever I'm struggling to really find the uh, essence of a routine I'm working on, I try to remember to just come back back to that that simple point of what it, what is my point of view on this? And that I usually find helps a lot. And it's really easy to forget, though, because you get caught up in choosing the music. You get caught up in choosing the method, choosing the technique, what you're even just scripting. Sometimes you're doing it without really I, I maybe not everyone. But for me, I find myself doing it without really just remembering. I have to go back and go, what, what is my point of view on this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it helps yeah. me to just come back to that, just every so often. Go, okay, what what is my relationship with this right now? Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. really helpful. Yeah, yeah. And I think uh, you know, it can be theater. It could be high theater. I mean, we've seen several examples of that, including uh, I know they just released the uh, the movie version of uh, Dirk Delgado's show in and of itself, which I saw in New York and in L.A. And, uh, and it's going to be on Hulu in January. So if you haven't seen it, check it out. I've heard amazing things. I haven't caught the uh, the docu-series they just released. Uh, yeah, you know, same here. The, I've seen it live, festivals. but not the docu-series. But uh, or yeah, whatever documentary festivals they've aired it at. But I am looking forward to when I when it comes to Hulu to rewatching it and seeing. Because I'm also in this big phase, right, myself of I want to watch a lot of these kind of one person shows anywhere I can find them just to get inspiration outside of the field of magic to see how other people are approaching the artistic side of performance and how one person can maintain focus and have something to say uh this ties in nicely to uh, a piece I just watched uh this past week uh uh, uh called Randy Feltface reads a bo- or writes a book Randy Feltface writes a book. Do you know where anything? Did you, of, where did no? Where did you f- come across this? <laughs> so I first saw Randy Feltface uh, as uh, an act on uh, there was like a just the funny show on NBC. I think it was a reality show about comedy with uh, you know, you know Keenan Thompson and Jeff Foxworthy and for some reason Chrissy Teigen as the hosts or the judges. <laughs> and uh, I mean, I I like Chrissy Teigen. I don't know. If, judging comedy but uh but uh uh randy feltface is a australian puppet oh he's a puppet and he's so funny uh but he did a one person show that he recently posted on his youtube page and uh i mean he's been around doing it it just wasn't on my radar uh but he's you know in the variety world i know he made a uh, guest appearance in uh, our fr- friend Brett Loudermilk's uh, Halloween show, which was cool to see. But uh, mm-hmm. but Randy Feltface's uh, writes a novel is a full show that's on the internet, and you can watch it. And it's it's a comedy show, but it's it's uh it gets very philosophical for a puppet too. And I just thought, found that balance really interesting. Uh, he talks about you know Hemingway, gives background on him. He talks about you know. Uh, Harper Lee's book that, you know, obviously To Killing Mockingbird was a huge success that the, the second book from Harper Lee didn't come out until, you know, post posthumously, you know, it was actually written before, but never released. Um, 
So he goes into all these elements of what is art. He's kind of talking about the same thing. Like, what is a novel? Is it a novel once it's written? Is it, you know, once someone reads it? All these elements. And he's he's bringing up these same questions. And then you realize this is a puppet still. <laughs> Just talking about this stuff. So it's like a Muppet kind of, but not a Muppet. Yeah, yeah. Muppets are specifically Henson. Um, but, yeah, uh, yeah. But like, it's the same idea where like, you're not, it's not like a ventriloquist with a dummy. It's, it's a, it's a puppet. That's yeah, just... yeah, yeah. The operator, who I don't know his real name, I'm sure you could look it up. He's like hidden behind the desk. So it's filmed. So it's just, you see the Randy Felt face. And the operator is the voice. Yes, 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 yes. Mm-hmm. I recommend it. I really, really enjoyed this uh, uh, this performance. And, uh, I, I put a little thing out on my Facebook uh, just to recommend one-person shows that are out there because I just want to watch a bunch. And a lot of people sent me, like, stand-up specials. And I was like, I am aware of most stand-up specials, <laughs> like, sure. like Gaffigan and, you know, all these, all these things. And I was like, but this was a comedy special per se, but it had a little bit more of a narrative to it and a little bit more – uh, 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 oomph behind it. I guess. and I can see it on YouTube or it's on a yeah. streaming thing. And and I think comedy shows do fall into this one man show. Uh, depending on the 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 special. So like, if you're just going up there doing straight stand up, yes, it has a point of view. That's that's a question itself. Is stand up comedy an art? Sometimes, you know, I think as well. I think there's a craft to stand up comedy. Uh, but um. But if it's just like kind of a you know I'm gonna talk for an hour doing my normal shtick, I think that more on the craft side than say like a Colin Quinn's uh, red state, blue state, where he's really trying to make a point about America, you know, as a whole, it's a whole kind of a arc to it. I think that more leans on the art side. So this was a one, one man show that, you know, happened to be a puppet to say some really cool stuff. And it was, I loved it. I loved the show. That's interesting. So it was like, it was comedic, but also was philosophical. Yes. It's very funny. It's a very funny show. Is it just me, or do we inadvertently, right coming out of the trivia, we somehow end up getting into a little bit of a philosophical thing ourselves? <laughs> Doesn't yeah. that happen every time? Yeah, we usually you know, do current events at the start and do our trivia, and then we get into the nitty-gritty about uh, theory, uh, which I love. We love talking about theory. I, I, I love it, but we never talked about that that's how this was going to go. Like every t- Right after, it seems like we've gotten <laughs> this flow now yeah. where somehow after trivia, whether it's you brings it up or me, we end up down this sort of philosophical path where we're either talking about ethics yeah. or or art or crap whatever it is process that's Um, what the podcast is yeah (laughs) no no it's great it's great it's just so um it's uh i just it just occurred to me now that like it it feels like it it gets very serious all of a sudden yeah yeah which isn't a bad thing it's not a bad thing and it's again we we talked earlier about your show and the more the more you do something the more you start to find the things that work and fit and i mean this is episode 20 for us and when we first started we didn't even really know what this podcast was we were just like yeah hey we talk all the time let's record it maybe people will be interested we yeah eventually, eventually add games in to you know yeah clear, clear the palette just because we like that stuff but you know it was all about us catching up but uh, th- those conversations I love that we have are about process and art and what it is to be a performer and how to survive and, you know, uh, how to make it in showbiz and <laughs> all those things. And I think that's hopefully people are enjoying it and getting something out of it as well. Uh, you know, it sounds like I'm wrapping up the, the podcast as a series, but no, we continue. We're going to yeah, continue. No, we to continue. Do this. <laughs> this is the beginning. I mean, this is yeah. only episode 20. I'll, and, and I mean that because like when we first jump on, mm-hmm. 
I still, I, I wouldn't call it nervous, but there's this certain different energy we have where we're getting started and kind of getting into the flow of things. And then what, we really hit a stride after the trivia, yeah. trivia and the riddle and we just start, you know, really talking. Right. Well, what 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 I what we should be saying, and obviously, if you're listening now, you wouldn't hear this part. Uh, but like, if you only listen to the beginning of the episode, stick around to the end. <laughs> well, which which we're preaching to the choir because At anyone who's hearing yeah. you right now, <laughs> I'm saying, yeah, exactly. <laughs> already listened to the end or skipped to the, yeah, yeah. this part. <laughs> Just turn it off after the riddles. Like, man, got it. That's all I need. <laughs> you don't. You don't do. You, you don't do podcasts in fast motion, do you? I, so I know people do audiobooks at like 1.5 speed or not like, me. I can't. I can't. For me, it's about the timbre and the rhythm. Totally. Like, I understand that you can get through it faster and probably listen to a lot more, but uh, it's a, it's the flow of conversation and it also just like the slightly higher pitch voice that just gets to me when I'm especially when I'm used to an author. Maybe if I started like a new podcast or new audiobook at that speed and I didn't know better, I go, oh, that guy. That's just how that person speaks. I, w- I wouldn't know, but... <laughs> I'm not into it. Having said that, if you're listening right now at a faster speed, we are not discriminating. We are happy you are a listener. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but just to mess with you, I'm going to talk really fast. So if you're listening in fast motion right now, it's going to go super fast. You're not even going to be able to keep up. And it's your fault because you're doing it in fast motion. But listen, we still support you. That was pretty good. You should be the... Remember the Micro Machines guy? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I figured it sounded like an auctioneer. Yeah, I don't an know who auctioneer. the Micro Machines guy is. The, uh, the Micro Machines guy was a guy that they hired specifically to talk fast for the Micro Machines like, car commercials uh, to oh. sell the toys. And then like you'd get all like the little fine print like stuff at the end. <laughs> I've recorded some commercials and things for radio where you have to get it to be exactly a certain amount of time. And maybe it'll be one second over, two seconds over. And they just slightly speed it up. Yeah. And you can't, you wouldn't know a difference. Yeah. So I didn't yeah. know they actually hired a guy to talk fast because I would think they could speed it up without changing the pitch. I know they can. I, yeah, but I think I think it saves them a lot of time in post if they could just get it get it <laughs> in one take. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> it could save you a lot of time in post if you remember to record this. Uh, <laughs> uh, we should. Uh, speaking of, we should wrap up with some goals here. Uh, my goal was to remember to save the episode. <laughs> And uh, figure that out. So uh, so far, so good. We'll see what happens once we stop recording. If I remember to save and not rewrite over it, but uh, all right, like I said, we have, I have redundancies. We're good. I have a good goal for this week. Yeah. Okay. Good. And here's the problem: every time we get to the end of an episode, and you go, "Oh, and let's talk about goals this week," I go, "Crap! I forgot to come up with a goal." <laughs> and you can't come up with a good goal. On the spot. The spot. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. just not possible. So my goal for this week that I just came up with on the spot mm-hmm. is to do my homework between now and two weeks from now. Right. Because that's when we're recording next. Yeah. And to actually have a goal to give. To give. That's my goal. <laughs> Your goal is to get a goal. I'm so sorry. I know this whole yeah. goal thing was my idea, but I am really failing. But listen, I, this is my goal. And I'm my, my goal is to actually do the homework this time to come up with a goal. I keep forgetting that it's not like mm-hmm. we do the goal and then do the homework. No, we have to like do the homework before we record. Right, right. It's like yeah. coming up with the trivia, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it's uh, also this segment has become enlightening on the things that we are lacking on, which is uh, illuminating goals that we can tackle, you know, <laughs> in the segment. So, you know, that preparedness and, uh, and stuff like that. So uh, for me, it's to continue to watch uh, some of these one-person shows that were suggested to me. I have a whole list. So I'm just trying to get through those. Uh, and I'll probably talk about some of them 
on the podcast as well. Good. I will hold you to that. But and I, I also want to defend both of us a little bit here. Listen, okay, the reason that we have trouble with the goals a little bit, I think, is because we're both already kind of goal-oriented. So, like, yeah. the priorities that we have are already getting done, and we don't have to, like, check in with each other to make right. sure we're doing them. So, really, this goal segment has turned into, like, trying to make up extra goals. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, most of my goals are on my to-do list already. Like... Uh like and you know you're going to get them done, so you have no reason to mention them to me. Mm-hmm. And I have, like, on yeah, ongoing, like, daily things that I have to do. I just have, like, an ongoing to-do list that I constantly update. And, uh, yeah. You know, uh, you know, whether it's working on a, a new bit or something in the show or, you know, the, the newsletter I write um, for, for the PEA organization. Uh, it's just, I, you know, I have to tackle those within a certain time. And sometimes week-long goals are tougher to uh, kind of have your sights on and even longer goals. I, I think yeah. those are all necessary, but sometimes the the longer the goal, sometimes the fuzzier it seems in your mind and it's hard to True. kind of uh, to pinpoint and declare it. So uh, I'll, I'll uh, make a note for goals for next week as Matt's going to think of a goal. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I will plan trivia and I will plan a goal. <laughs> And I, I got to watch those one-person shows. But uh, thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it, especially sticking around to the end. Uh, uh, we should probably start thanking people towards the beginning. Really. Yeah, <laughs> for those who, yeah, for those who only hear the first half, that's all the uh, <laughs> the uh, the energy jive stuff we're doing with the, the headlines. We should, you know, thank at that time, too. But listen, great hanging out with you. As yeah, always, always good. Uh, we're we're gonna take. Uh, we'll we'll still have an episode next week. Uh, it's and it's be, a good one. It's a really good one. We're excited. We have a special guest for you. So take a, a listen to that. But uh, we, should we uh, say who it is? Yeah, yeah. Do you want me to do it? No, I. <laughs> are you just, I, you're doing your freezing. You can't boot? see us, but we're just looking at each other. Like, are you gonna say it? Do you want to say it? I thought you were doing know. your video freezing bit again. <laughs> I'll say the first name. You say no. It's Jacob Williams. Yeah, uh, yeah. Good friend, comedian. Uh, but we're excited to play that, and uh, we we interviewed him uh, a little bit ago. And um, yeah, we wish you all a very happy Thanksgiving. Uh, be safe, uh, whatever you're doing for that. And uh, you know, uh, while you're uh, you know home and figuring out things to do you can listen to back episodes if you're not caught up like and review us on all the podcatchers if you actually write something to it helps with the algorithm uh follow us on all the social media at mind magic pod shoot us an email let us know if you have a riddle give me a tough one for matt i really want to stump him now he's getting cocky i don't uh, like <laughs> at mind and, uh, over magic uh podcast at gmail.com that's the full word uh for that one for our email mind over magic podcast at gmail.com and what on a saying? non on a non-cocky note please support live entertainment in las vegas as it attempts to return come yes. see the reinvention of magic reinvented nightly at yes. the link starting december 17th tickets on sale at your website November 20th, Ticketmaster, wherever you buy tickets, you visit there online and uh, come see us. Come hang with us from a safe distance away, please. Excellent. Well, thanks for listening. We appreciate you and uh, have a good one. That was the wrong button. Oh, I like that. (laughs) That should be our sound at the end. Just end up on that positive. (laughs) You all win. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> you gotta leave. You don't have a big component. Leaving it all in. If I don't delete it. 
<laughs> if you don't delete it. <laughs>